Have you been practicing saying cheviot? I've got like have you so, heard people say, so many people say. Thought they always call it on CNBC. Called it chevio. I've got that wrong. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs>
uh, and that's why I'm where I am now. I'm very happy with that. Do you ever miss the, the scientific part from your, from your education days? I've never lost it. Uh, I think it's part of who I am and how I manage money yeah. um, and how I think about things. So, um, no, I don't miss that, that part of it, but I don't think it's left me. I think, um, you know, when I look at how I regard investment, how I, I look at the world around me, um, I, I describe myself as, myself as an empiricist, so I look at the practical things, the results, okay. uh, and try and make judgments on that. And also, I think numbers matter. Um, a lot of people talk numbers without really understanding the importance of the numbers that they quote. Mm. And I think that's part of the scientific training and that stayed with me. And I'm delighted I can still use that all those years later. Although I can't remember 99% of what I was taught all those <laughs> years ago. But, it, um, I have, but I think it's, once a scientist you're always one. So we're now coming up to the Lido uh, Cafe, which is where the Serpentine uh, swimmers start from so, ah. and you see them on Christmas Day or New Year's Day yeah. which is certainly not something I'd ever do <laughs> jumping into freezing cold water this is where this it is. is where they do this it this is where the, the news filming is filmed <laughs> that's madness so in, in, in addition to swimming here I also am a member of Serpentine Running Club um, uh, and uh, again we run around this area in terms of you know, regular races or just training. Yeah. Um, so there are many uses to having a park and it's only when you travel that you realize how good it is. I mean, I went to Sao Paulo, I always take my running things with me mm. and everyone runs in the gym and I asked the, the local people there why and the answer is not because it was dangerous, which probably it was, but because you have to stop every block. Mm. At every block you stop for the lights to change. Okay, yeah. So you can only run 200 yeah. meters and then you have to stop again. You just can't do it. Whereas in London, if you wanted to, you can run around these three parks. Uh, and it's seven miles. Seven miles with, without crossing a road. That's amazing, isn't it? We are very lucky, like you said earlier, with how much green space there is in London, isn't there? And I think a lot of the time you take it for granted when you live here, but you obviously make the most of it. Yeah. Which is good. Mm. Great. So one of the things you're... Um, I imagine most of our listeners would possibly know you one of the things you're very well known for at Cortechivia is Diary of a Fund Manager. So we have to touch on that. So maybe you could just tell us a bit about why you, why Diary of a Fund Manager uh, started in the first place, why it was launched, and uh, a bit more about why you wanted to do it. I'm delighted to, and in fact it happened by accident, as all, all the good things in life are accidents in, in, in my, my experience. Um, and I think the, the key thing is the name of it, it is a diary and it is of a fund manager. It's not a, it's not a marketing piece, it's not a, a tip sheet, it's not supposed to be um, any sign of brilliance. It's simply a recording of the things that are going on around me as a fund manager when I'm managing money for my clients, making decisions, um, travelling to various places uh, and, and trying to turn that into something that makes sense from an investment point of view. And essentially it's making sense to me. Um, but the way it started was I was sitting in a, a marketing meeting and uh, the marketing director said, well, we've just redesigned the website, which sounds familiar to all of us on a regular basis, and there's space and anybody who wants to write something would be very welcome to contribute. So I was thinking, and then, then she went on and said, um, our first contributor is a colleague of mine called Ben. Ben is going to go to New York next week and he's going to send us a diary of who he meets and where he has dinner. Okay. So I thought to myself, lucky Ben, 
that used to happen to me, <laughs> not anymore much. Um, so I went back down to my desk um, on the floor below, uh, which looks out over uh, Aldwych and, and Kingsway, which is a lovely place to, to sit anyway, um, and thought to myself, and this is a genuine insight, doesn't happen very often, the whole world comes to my desk every week. I don't need to go to New York, the whole world comes to me, which it does, that's one of the things about investment management and doing it at a place like, like London. Um, and that weekend, I sat down um, on Sunday morning, uh, and another thing that you need to know is that my daughter plays the harp, and she has a lesson every Sunday. Okay. So at the, t at the harp teacher's kitchen table in Charlton, South East London, I sat down with a blank piece of paper and a pen and wrote the first diary which I enjoyed. It was based off memory and a few things. Um, gave it in on Monday, they liked it. And I thought to myself, well, I did it once, so I thought I'll try and do it again. Um, so I did. Um, and I've now written 198 wow. in, in just over four years, which essentially means I write one every week, apart from when I'm on holiday. Um, and the first one went to 200 people, uh, and it now goes out to around 15,000. Wow. So it's been quite a journey, and, and, yeah. and for me, I'm not trying to sound immodest, I'm surprised I can do it, and I'm surprised that it's gone so far. Um, and it has come, uh, to, to, it's delivered so much more to me than I ever expected. So I send out my views, uh, people come back to me and they say, I agree, I disagree, have you thought about? Come and visit my company, come and visit my country. Um, it's become a currency of exchange f f for ideas. So yeah. I give people my ideas and they give ideas back to me. Yeah. And that's very powerful. It's real, it's in, in investment terms, it's gold dust to have that feedback because it, it, it really puts everything mu much more in perspective than simply looking at a, a broker's note or a company balance sheet. Yeah. And that's how it's developed. It's grown a lot then. That's amazing, isn't it? I know. I, well, I've, as I say, I'm surprised at it, but it's also then, I think, on reflection, has become a part of my my working life. Mm. I think it has made me uh, a better investment manager. Um, well, it's a nice echo in this tunnel. Yeah, it's echoing. <laughs> it's made me a better investment manager because I read much more. I read for purpose, mm. uh, not just to write the diary, but the things that I write then become an opinion. You mentioned earlier about how it's been quite a journey. So wh where would you where would you say that sort of doing the Zyra of a fund manager pieces have have taken you and where do you kind of see it going? You know, do, you know. So geographically where is it taken? Mm. Geographically as I said it's taken me to countries that I wouldn't necessarily have visited like China, Israel, uh, for example, it's taken me to companies where um, people have said, well, you've said, this, you've said this, but I don't agree with you, come and see my company. And quite yeah. often these are private companies and you get a lot more openness from the management of a private company uh, than the public companies are allowed to give you. Um, and that's given me insight. So to go to China uh, only for a few days, really, a week, less than a week. But it, it's a different perspective on all of the the news that tends to uh, fill the headlines over here about what's going on in China, is there too much debt, are, are people unhappy about this, that and the other? The answer is I, I found a very contented 
place from the little I saw. I went to Israel because that's the second biggest tech hub in the world after Silicon Valley. Um, an extraordinary, extraordinary creative structure around new technology and the development of new ideas. Um, and just to go there um, was, 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 was a, a real insight, I think, mm. into, the, into the creative process in business. So those, that's geography yeah. and, and, and companies. Wow. I think um, in terms of, of development, I think it's led me to, again, through feedback from people, to read more widely than I've read in the past, um, just for pleasure. Um, uh, and I managed to get some of those bits and pieces into my diaries just for, for fun. Yeah. I like doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's great that, the, like you say, there's so many kind of so many elements that you can now pull into what started as an accident, as you said, and has now grown to be kind of something that's very much part of what you do every week. And like you say, you're reading and when you're out here or you're out there or you travel here, it all ties into it. And the fact that then that goes to so many people and people enjoy reading it and you know that they do because they then engage with you and they get in touch and they say, well, I don't think that or I enjoyed this or whatever it might be. I think that's the kind of, it's a really nice kind of community piece as well, isn't it, for the whole industry? It's a bit of a buzz yeah. to get that feedback and the reaction. So, yes, I, I mean, there's no one is without ego, but it's not, it, it, it's, it's nice to be appreciated. Yeah. So what's been... Either, either looking back over the time that you've been writing the diary over the past few years, or if, if more appropriate, looking back over your career, what's been some of the most memorable moments kind of in markets that you've been, that you've witnessed or that you've been able to write about or whatever it might be that's kind of stuck out for you as you look back? Well, my, my colleagues laugh at me for um, my sense of history in my memory mm. um, uh, and one has to realize that if you've been doing this job as I have for 37 years not many people have been and mm. things that for me are absolutely recent past are completely unknown to many people who are managing money now yeah. I, I think I read somewhere that the average American fund manager has been at work for eight years and that means that they only have ever seen a world of low interest rates and quantitative yeah. easing they have no sense that there can be things like volatility or things go wrong. It's been very managed for a long period mm. of time. And these people are not only fund managers, um, but in some cases they're chief investment officers and or they've developed investment strategies that work. Yeah. All of that is related to the recent past. So, you know, I do look back and I do try to put things in, in perspective. Memorable moments, um, uh, t people tend to talk about crashes and meltdowns because markets tend to fall uh, sharply when they fall and they tend to recover one step at a time, one day at a time. Mm. So the recovery bit is much less interesting and people don't talk about it very much. But I suppose, you know, so I can talk about 1987 or 94 or 99 or 2003 or 2008. You know, we all know those stories. And I yeah. suppose as a fund manager, I lived through all of those and I knew how I reacted at the time to what were tense moments of, of great un and great uncertainty. But I think that the thing that really inspired me um, and continues to inspire me is that I do think that people matter more than, than the machines and they matter more than the central banks or the presidents or whatever. All the young people that are younger generation in the industry now, like you say, this is, they don't know 
a different environment and I think that all the changes that are we're in the midst of and all the changes that will happen in the industry over the next 15, 20, 25, 30 years, they're, you know, they're then in a very, a very interesting position to be able to then compare how things look in 15 years with how they look today in the same way that you might look back in 15 years ago and compare how they look. So well, my intention is, is to still be there in 15 years. Yeah. No, I don't You're know still writing down a manager, hopefully. <laughs> well, gonna, you, you did ask me whether there was ever an end to it. Yeah. We, we could come back to that. But, but yes, you're absolutely right. I think that the change, when, we, when they look back 15 years, from 15 years in the future at now, they will see that we, we will have found a way through. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a complete headbanger. So um, although I do cycle to work and have done for 20 years, mm-hmm. so when I first started, I was considered eccentric and I'm still considered eccentric, but <laughs> there are just more eccentric people around these yeah. days than there used <laughs> yeah. to be. Um, but I also did um, a long time back the first London marathon um, in 1981. Oh, wow. When no, there, was no, there were no charity places. In fact, that wasn't even thought of. Mm. Um, and I, I um, was reading about it and, and an inspirational person called Chris Brasher, uh, who was an Olympic gold medalist in 1956, um, was all turned into a journalist and businessman. He was writing about the fact he wanted to do this in London. So I signed up and I was one of the 7,000 or so, which at the time was the biggest race in the world, wow. uh, that, that did it. Um, and I have to tell you, it was the most painful experience <laughs> of my life. And I've never done another one. Haven't you? <laughs> and I got to 18 miles and it was so painful. I thought, if you walk, David, you're going to have to do this again. And I didn't. So you carried on. I did carry on running wow. very slowly. Oh my goodness! But I never, I never walked, and I finished wow. it, and that was it. That was me done. Well done, my um, goodness. But you know, it's it, it's um, again, it's a, 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 it was wonderful to now reflect on the fact that I, I did it. I think I did it because I was young and foolish and fit <laughs> yeah. from swimming, and I thought I could, and you know, all these things. Yeah. But it was a chance also to run through London, and London looked different. I ran. We ran through Docklands. The Isle of Dogs, there, were no, there was no Canary Wharf, there mm. was nothing. It was just desolate, um, for example. Um, the, we were all, you know, the, the thought was we were all going to collapse in the street because it, marathons were for professional runners. Yeah. Um, I know from doctor friends of mine that all leave was cancelled that weekend. So the A&E departments were all fully staffed. Really? As if there was going to be oh, a war wow. um, going on. And of course, it didn't happen. Everyone just did it. Everyone did it. <laughs> and then they've mo- even more have done it ever since. Yeah. Now it is what it is. Huge now, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I love, I, I mean, I suppose, again, it's just, um, it was a challenge. And I like a challenge. Yeah.